0: and welcome to Ghostwriter. I'm your host, Corinne Prevost, and today we're going to talk about Denise Richards' The Real Girl Next Door. But before we get to that book, I just watched the new episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and a few things I took away. Um, I think Brandy actually needs serious help, and I'd love to hear more about the story where she apparently uppercut someone in the head a bunch of times. I don't know. I just think that she really needs some help and it's very sad and I'm curious how she got back on the show if she Bravo reached out to her and they just needed a way to get her back on so they just capitalized on her relationship with Denise Richards or what is really going on there and if there's more brandy in store for us because I I didn't really understand the motive or the reason to have her on there I thought it was going to be more focused on taking down Lisa Vanderpump. Okay. Did Teddy really snub Camille's daughter at the airport? I just can't imagine that she would snub the daughter of someone whose wedding she was just that. It doesn't make any sense. And Teddy is such a social climber, or seems to be, so I don't really understand that. Is Denise funding Aaron's venture? I went on his website, extremely unclear what he does. It seems to have to do with standing on shaking plates, aligning your body. I I don't know. I'll research that some more. Did Aaron adopt Denise's youngest little girl? Because I was wondering just adoption is so difficult. And with custody, if you can leave them with someone who's not a legal guardian and, you know, film your show and go to work and stuff. I mean, I guess you could leave them with a nanny and do that. But I was just wondering what the legalities are of that. Because I thought there'd be a lot of rules around that with adoption. I'm over Erica Jane fashion, if you want to call it that. When they were walking down she was walking down the street with Kyle and she was wearing that crinkled one-piece suit. I mean, it's just too much. Then it begs the question, or I ask myself, is Erica Jane just kind of an upscale version of Angeline? And all of you who live in Los Angeles, which are a good deal of my listeners and even Orange County know who Angeline is. She is this kind of cartoonish woman with super bleach blonde hair who drives a hot pink Corvette all around L.A. and just buys billboards of herself and puts them up around L.A. and she doesn't seem to have any ambition to do Acting or singing, really. I mean, I think she's done a little bit of both, but she's just kind of famous for driving a pink Corvette, having plastic surgery, and having blonde hair. So while I'm watching Real Houses of Beverly Hills, I start looking up Angeline, and all these people have done launched these investigations to find out who she really is, because she's kind of one of those people that doesn't seem to have any kind of past. Um I guess she's kind of the precursor to Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian, the fam- being famous just for the sake of being famous. And apparently, her real name is Renee Gold Renee Goldberg, and she's 66 years old and grew up in the Fernando Valley. And she hawks merchandise out of her trunk. And I guess I'd met someone in LA who said he saw her and asked to get a picture with her, and she she said, "If you buy my um, twenty dollar uh, baseball cap, then I'll get a picture with you." So hey, you know. Don't knock the hustle. Those Corvette payments are not making themselves. And apparently she currently lives in Thousand Oaks, California. But this just goes to show how boring Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is, that I'm launching an investigation into Angeline, and I'm having more fun doing that than actually watching the show. I do not understand these reports that the ratings are higher than New York, where New York is, for me, must-see TV. Beverly Hills is take the laundry out of the dryer, load the dishwasher, you can do everything else in the world while you're watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay, so let's get to the book, The Real Girl Next Door by Denise Richards. So these are just a bunch of fun facts about Denise that I've gotten from the beginning of the book. And I'm kind of just in the beginning, I'm not in the, the juicy parts yet. Okay, so Denise's grandmother was best friends with twin twin dwarves Denise used to bartend at her grandma's bar in Illinois and serve beer to the 80-year-old twin dwarves. Her mom had her when she was 16 years old. She was born February 17th in 1971, so I think she is a Pisces like me, and her mom had alopecia and went, completely bald when Denise was a kid and had to wear wigs but she says it's not like the nice wigs that Erica Jane wears or the Real of Atlanta wear these are like the cheapo Kim Zolziak season one wigs we all know that plastic Barbie hair Um, but when they moved to California eventually because they were in Illinois her mom's hair all magically grew back long and beautiful, unexpl- medically unable to explain this. She grew up going camping, roasting marshmallows, all that kind of fun stuff, as did I. She was obsessed with getting her period because she thought once you get your period, you get your boobs right after, and she was super pissed at her sister when her sister got her period first. I, too, was obsessed with getting my period. When I was in sixth grade in the Poconos, Pennsylvania, at Toby Hanna Elementary Center, a lot of there was a lot of period education. I mean, we just had so many different people come in and talk to us. Nurses, I think the school hired outside people to come in. They were given out pads left, right, and center. They gave us pamphlets, books. There was just so much period education. It felt like this exciting you know, new stage was coming. And so I just kept thinking I had my period every day and my mom's like, you do not have it. And when I finally got it, I was so excited. I think I asked my mom to get me a cake and I know I have the picture somewhere of, (laughs) I, I emptied out a box of pads and like deck, you know, made a little decor with them all around me on the floor. And I held the box of always up and I had my mom take a picture of me to commemorate the moment, which is so hilarious now knowing what a hellscape having a period is. But you know, the novelty of it, I guess, was exciting to me. Her dad moved the family to California because he wanted to get out of the freezing cold weather, weather, and she got a job as a bagger at Albertsons, which makes me think of one of my favorite famous bag uh, grocery baggers, which is Vicki Gumbelson. Then she got her start modeling at a model search at the Esprit store at the mall, and she just won that and took off from there. Did Teen Magazine, Seventeen Magazine, and modeled for LA Gear. Oh my god, who had a pair of LA Gears? I had the white high top ones that are very reminiscent of this new super white chunky sneaker that um, the Kardashians are wearing, that, you know, that hideous big white chunky sneaker that's what your dad wears to mow the lawn that now costs $500. That's what LA Gear was all about, but I remember, I think it I thought it was like a cheerleading shoe and I felt very cool having them. After high school, her modeling agency sent her to Tokyo for two months because American girls do so well there. And when she showed up to her model apartment in Tokyo, she turned on the light and she said millions of roaches just started going in every direction. That would be time to get back in the cab and go back to LA. That is just too horrible. And she refused to model lingerie there, which is the most lucrative type of modeling you can do in Tokyo and probably a lot of places. So her agency was getting really pissed at her. She came back to LA and started taking acting classes where she met Patrick Muldoon, who's been on now two episodes of Beverly Hills. She then went back to Japan to model and moved to Hollywood to an apartment with pink carpet and fleas. Yikes. And it seems like a baby was possibly kidnapped from that building. I and mean, when her parents came to see it, they were like, hell no, nah, you're not living here anymore, and moved her out. She then started acting. She was on Save by the Bell, Dookie Hauser, M.D., married with children, and she played Jenny Garth's cousin on 90210. I was obsessed with Jenny Garth on 90210. I loved her so much. I thought she was just so beautiful and so cool. God, remember when Jenny Garth's mom was doing coke at the school dance or something in the bathroom. I just thought it was pure glamour. And I had, at that point in my life, never been to California. And I really... Everything I knew about California was just from Saved by the Bell and 90210, and I'm like, this is amazing. I need to get over there. I need to work at the beach club in the summer. I need to meet 30 year old men in high school, like Dylan McKay, may he rest in peace. She was also on the Ben Stiller show and Seinfeld, and once she started getting, you know, better jobs than Girl Number Two, she gets to fly first class because it's a SAG rule that all actors fly had to be flown first class when they film on location, which is amazing. Her parents opened a coffee shop called Jitters in California, which is also a good name for an Adderall or meth dealer. I just think that's the cutest name, Jitters. And she almost played Elizabeth Berkeley's role in Showgirls, but in the end, Elizabeth Berkeley won out. Ugh, won? I don't know if that movie ended Elizabeth Berkeley's career, so maybe... Maybe it wasn't, you know, it was a good thing. And then she, uh, I think, you know, I don't know what she did instead of that at that point. It wasn't Wild Girls yet, but thank God that Denise did not get cast in that role because that would have ended things. Okay, so I went on Aaron's site to do a little research here. So his company is called Quantum 360. So you can check it out yourself. Q360club.com. It's a state-of-the-art healing center designed to foster optimal health in mind, body, and spirit. Okay, so what do they do there? Rejuvenate DNA. Okay. Rebalance life energy. Sound therapy. Harness a wide range of energy fields. Use the hidden properties of water to awaken potential. Uh, Energy waves help develop our gifts and alternative energy technology but what? So I'm just trying to figure out what are the actual treatments. Cause that's just really a word soup there. That just doesn't necessarily mean anything. Okay. So one of their like seems to be most popular treatments is the hydrogen ion cloud, which is this big chamber that seems to have water fog and nanoparticles and led lights. And some of the benefits are thicker hair Recovery and improves constipation. There's a lot of other ones, but I don't know. I mean, okay. So then they have these other treatments light frequency, hyper vibe, don't know what that is, and the Bemer mat, B E M E R. Now, if you want to get a body scan and assessment, unclear how they're going to scan your body. That's $1,500, and that, I think, just gets you started so they can sell you more treatments. And then there's light and frequency therapy is $350, but they do have some coupons under offers on the website if you guys are interested. Okay, then I read Aaron's bio. So, first of all, his picture is smoking hot. It seems like an actor's headshot. He has a little smirk on his face. So, he's from Ontario, Canada, and then he says that three events led him to open this center or to go into this industry. Okay. Okay. Crazy stuff. Number one, his mom was struck him and his mom were walking their dog, and his mom was struck by lightning in front of him. And neither of them died. Like she got blown out, blown away, but was fine. And I guess that's very unusual. Normally, you have you either die for struck by lightning or you have some serious after effects. Okay. Then one day he's riding his bike in the rain minding his own business, and he starts riding around well, then he stops minding his business, and he starts riding around a construction site. And there was a big ditch where I guess they were digging it out to put a basement in for the building. And he fell into the ditch and just started drowning because it was full of water and he didn't know how to swim. And then something grabs his wrist and pulls him out of the water and saves his life. But then he looks around and no one was there. So he thinks he was saved to, by some bigger entity to create this center. Okay. Okay. At 12 years old, he lived by the largest nuclear plant in North America. This is starting to sound like superhero business, like for real, like lightning, um, spiritual creatures grabbing you from drowning. Now we have a nuclear plant that is like Marvel planet all the way or whatever it's called. Um, Everyone started, everyone around him started to get sick as one does when they live near a nuclear plant. He watched them all try invasive methods like chemotherapy and knew that wasn't the way. So he went to the library to research and became fascinated by natural healing and philosophers. So then he moved to California and worked as a master builder, which I have no idea what that means, if that means like a contractor. And he created his own energy and light machines in his garage. Recently, he healed himself using his own equipment when he tore his Achilles heel during a military training course he was doing. And his foot was hanging off by a thread. But he said, no thanks, to medical attention and surgery and doctors. So two months of a little light and sound therapy, and that ankle is good as new. So if your foot's hanging off, call Aaron. Um, Aaron was also an actor with a few credits. And he was married to Nicolette Sheridan for only six months, which I didn't realize, but it took them two years to get divorced. So I think next week I'm going to do a deep dive into Teddy Mellencamp's husband's business because apparently it's not the business we think it is. He's kind of in some type of uh, conference-based culty MLM motivational speaking agency that... I guess Skyline isn't actually his security business. So I'll read the websites and read all the articles so you don't have to. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. And don't forget to follow my Instagram, ghostwriter underscore podcast. I'm going to put some pictures up of Angeline and of Aaron. All right. Bye.